0: Thank you for clicking play. This is the Advice from Hannah show and I am your host, Advice from Hannah. And I want to welcome you to season one, episode number 33. Just be with the entrepreneur Karen, right out of Toronto. But before we jump into this episode, I'd like to thank our official media sponsor the wolf code which is an online community and academy for entrepreneurs to learn how to build and market their social media brands all courses and workshops within the wolf academy are taught led and created by fellow entrepreneurships and they have a no fluff policy are you tired of spending your time and money on courses and events that didn't lead to actionable tactics so are we Join us at The Wolf Co. and really level up your business. I also want to take a moment to give a quick shout out to Slick305. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Oh, yeah, we're totally live. Hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Advice for Hannah show. I am super excited, humbled, actually, to have this prime time guest, Karin Najibin. Wow,
1: don't oversell me here.
0: What? That's what I do. Damn. This is what I do. I make everyone feel good about themselves. It's the Advice for Hannah effect.
1: I have a big smile on my face right now. <laughs>
0: This is what we do, this is, how, this is how we make everyone feel welcome, so welcome home.
1: Thank you, I'm so excited to be here.
0: So, before we get started and I start blobbing, tell us about yourself, like what do you do?
1: What do I do? You know, that's actually the question that I think a lot of people dread the most, because it's like you know the answer that's going to be on the test, but you don't get ready for it. And you know what's being asked, you know what's going to come, and what do you do? I'm not a big fan of that question. For multiple reasons that we can get into later. But what do you do automatically allows someone to judge someone based on their response. Let's say I ask my friend, what do you do? Or a stranger, what do you do? And they say, I'm an accountant. Right away, I'm like, well, I already have an accountant. So I don't really need you in my life. So I've got mixed feelings about that question. But for the sake of Hannah, because Hannah's amazing, um, I have a company called Jube, which stands for just be yourself and I started that about the concept started about three years ago it's taken a couple different avenues because that's what entrepreneurship is like and Jube stands for just be and I found myself three years ago hearing the phrase for the first time you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with and I looked at my five people in that moment I was like oh shit Um, the people in my life were keeping me back my goals and actions were so high, yet the people in my life were so low. There was a clear disconnect in my values, so something I had to give. And what I thought I should do at that moment is to go to networking events, because hey, that's where you meet other smart people. And very quickly I realized that every networking event I went to, I would just get a bunch of business cards, I would give out a bunch of business cards, and the entire conversation would be transactional. There was no value or judgment or wantingness to learn the person behind the business card. It was all about what is your title. So Jube was created as a byproduct of getting away from what your title is, focusing on the person and focusing on their story. Does that kind of answer the question? How
0: do you just come here mic drop so early? <laughs> so early in the interview, like what? This is it guys, interview's finished. He mic drops right hey, at the good. beginning. I'm good. What was this, like 45 <laughs> seconds? so you know what i felt that before i feel like some networking events you go there and it's like what do you do what do you do and me for instance i'm like what don't i do and (laughs) you know there's so much and i you know what just because of you i'm never asking that question again it's done it's what do you do no it's how do you feel today
1: there's so many questions you could ask and actually my answer changes based on who i'm talking to is the other thing is i would rather get to know the other person first so i make the first move hear a sense of their story, see where they're at in their life and how they're responding to me. And then when I get the question asked, my response is very much customized to that person. Because if I'm talking to somebody who's an accountant who's very comfortable in their nine to five job, what I'm going to say to them is going to differ than what I say to an entrepreneur looking to scale their business. Because I do both. So my response is really geared towards the person I'm speaking to in that moment.
0: No, absolutely. You can't be talking to... You know a pharmacist about dairy <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense for you to mix the, the two and this is why i called you a hustler just like me because you can't you have to hear somebody and then see how you can provide value to them and their business and their movement and then move forward to them get to know me that's kind of how you serve them that's how i think of it anyways but I'm, I'm glad that you have this and so now okay we go to one of your events Let's not even call it networking. We need to name it something else by the end of this podcast. We not—it's not networking. It's you know, we're hanging out, we're lining. And what can somebody who's never been to a networking event, brand new in the game, a puppy, walk into a room? What would you tell them to do in a sense? Because it's very scary. That was me two years ago. I had like, ah, I don't know, and I had to learn by myself what to do, where to get business cards. So I didn't really have that navigation. So what would you? Tell that person, like the newbie.
1: So what did you do?
0: What did I do? Oh, God, I hit the pavement, man. That's all I do is I hit the pavement, I get up, and I keep going. Um, I went online, and I said, how to network.
1: Okay. (laughs) Which is a natural step one.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, University of Google and, you know, high school of YouTube. That's kind of like where I did it. And as I approached the people that didn't want to be approached.
1: Mm. I like that. So you said... You said one thing actually before we even hit record that was bang on, but you said that conversations are not transactions. No. Right? Conversations are interactions. So if you go to an event, whether it's networking, whether it's a conference, whether it's a meetup, go with the intent of making a friend. That's what I do. I go to these events and say, who's the one person I can meet tonight that I actually want to have coffee with next week? And then if business comes out of it, that's so secondary, I'm more concerned about making friends because we definitely live in a world that's you know very social media heavy and like how many friends do we have how many followers do we have and mm-hmm. honestly none of that stuff matters because we have a thousand friends on facebook quote but really there's probably three that we can actually call tomorrow if something goes wrong mm-hmm. so it's i try to increase the number of people that i can call when shit hits the fan
0: absolutely like you know and your mom's sister and, and cousin can't be the three so,
1: right.
0: <laughs> you need to to like branch out and talk to more people. And I like that you said if business comes after, because so many times I meet people and like I say I have a podcast and it's like bah, I want to be on your podcast. I'm like wait, Irks, what do you do? Do we vibe? Are my listeners going to find value in what you do? Is this something that if you know mutual benefit for the both of us? So just the, so now I don't even say I have a podcast. I kind of wait. I'm like oh okay now. I think you bring something of value, let's work, let's chat. But it's very, did you guys hear what he said? Become friends first. Because the most boring thing in the world is collabing with somebody they can't have a conversation with. Mm-hmm. Like it's just boring, like dry business, God.
1: Honestly, if you can't have a genuine conversation with somebody where both people are raw, authentic, and actually interested in each other, everything else is a facade. You're putting on a show for yourself because you think that's the expectation of you. And to going back to what you said earlier, when you can show up at an event like this, walk up to somebody who's by themselves because they're just as nervous and scared as you are. It takes guts to show up at any event, whether you're going alone or with people, it can be very nerve wracking, especially if you're an introvert. I am an extrovert, but I have introverted tendencies where I need my own downtime. I need, I need me time sometimes. (laughs) And if I don't get that me time, then I'm not the right extrovert that I should be. So walk up to someone and say, Hey, what brought you here? And right away, you don't even ask what you do. You don't even ask what their name is. And you're carrying on a conversation as if you guys are already friends. I go up to people that I just meet on the street and say, hey, what's up? As if like, I've known this person for 20 years. And sometimes you get a weird look, but (laughs) it's also like, hey, what's up? Everyone's going to respond if you ask them what's up. And especially at an event, hey, what brought you here? Chances are the person's going to say, well, I knew somebody or I know the speaker or my friends are coming or... I just wanted to step outside my comfort zone today and right away you already dive into a deeper part of that person's mind and brain. And right away, you already stand out because you didn't say, hey, what do you do?
0: Exactly. Or the funnest thing ever that's been happening to me lately. People come up to me and they're like, hey, your advice from Hannah. I'm like, oh my God. So that's I when you know you've made it. <laughs> I officially freaked out last <laughs> week. So I was at an event and somebody came up to me and they're like, hey, we talked on DM. And I was like, hey, what's going on? You know me. You can already tell. So are you speaking here today? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> no, I'm not. But you know, who do I need to talk to, to to speak here next time? Like, you know, what's going on? But um, it's definitely fun when, when that happens. But also reach out to people who look shy. And the shy ones, gems. Gems. Like people that are doing some ridiculously dope stuff in their careers. And if you don't talk to them, you don't know. You definitely don't know. You know, I realized something you and I have in common when I want to do something it's like my full energy everything goes to that one thing I wanted a podcast I'm doing a podcast and that's all I think about all day how did you know that let's do like do is what you wanted to do like when did that happen when did you realize the vision
1: so I started the dinners three years ago as a byproduct of not wanting to go to any more networking events (laughs) that were full of Like I said earlier, pure business card transactions. I would receive a business card, look at it, throw it in the garbage. Go to another event, get a business card, put it in the garbage. And it was the same thing routine after routine. And where I'm from, St. John's, Newfoundland, is not a big place. The entire province only has 500,000 people. It's a very small place. So finding people that were growth mindset, positive entrepreneurs, wanting to grow, um, and just genuine people was not easy to find at first. So what I did was I actually just cold, not cold called, but I reached out to people in my community that I thought were superstars and said, hey, I'm hosting this private dinner with entrepreneurs on this day, interested, and left it at that. Sent out six to seven cold emails, had six people show up, and what I thought, this is so interesting actually, I thought all the conversations, and it was a very curated dinner, hand-selected people with hand-selected questions that I had ready to go to dodge questions like what do you do? to dive into the stuff that Mm -hmm. actually matters. Mm -hmm. I thought, selfishly, all the conversations were going to be about business. Because I was trying to grow my business at the time. So I was like, hey, I'm inviting a bunch of entrepreneurs. This is going to be a business conversation. Holy crap, was I wrong. All the conversations were about relationships, finances, anxiety, depression, suicide. The stuff that actually matters, especially in entrepreneurship, because it is very lonely. And with a lot of companies that are solopreneurs or just have two co-founders, it can be very lonely for a very long time. And sometimes that loneliness doesn't even change no matter how big your company gets because people don't realize the pressures that you have. So yeah, surprisingly all the conversations were about real life stuff. So the next day when I got home, or not the next day, that night when I got home, it was like a six hour dinner, but I woke up to these amazing emails from the guests saying, dude, that was unbelievable. Whatever you're doing, I want more of it. So I continued to do one dinner a month one dinner a month, one dinner a month, and by six months, I had a wait list of people, which was so cool. I was like, wow, people, I have a wait list of people that want to come to dinner. How cool is that? So six months in, I turned it into a subscription-based business.
0: That is super cool. Did you guys hear that? Like, did you not hear all the, <laughs> like, what? I don't know if you I listened differently, but that was phenomenal because I was just talking to a friend of mine today and so many people create a product and then go to to the street to sell it. but you. Saw a need for something and then created it. That's where I feel the different lies within entrepreneurship of being successful and not. Because you saw the need of the conversation. And I, let me tell you, suicide is super real. Um, I'm going to have... I was speaking to somebody who I'm going to have on the show soon. And she's a suicide coach. So she coaches you after you've had like the suicide. And that's her job. Wow. That is her job. And it is super... Like, just talking to her, A, I got teary-eyed, B, she made me have chills, and this was like a 20-minute conversation with her, so I was like, I definitely need to have you on, and you need to talk about this, but it's something that not a lot of people talk about, and you also talked about something, entrepreneurship, super lonely, like, you are in your own headspace, you can't share your ideas because people are going to think you're crazy, or, you know, how did you deal with When you wanted to launch a subscription and maybe you shared it with somebody, did you get negative feedback, like the first person?
1: No, because the first person that I shared this idea with ended up being my business partner. Ah. So right away I had positive reinforcement in my corner and me and him, we were on the same page. And he was also very type A, very action oriented. So right away we hit the ground running, reached out to people. Every conversation we would have, say this is what we're doing, do you want in? This is the membership fee. And we didn't get any pushback. We actually even sold, this is gonna sound super weird, but there was such a need in the city that I ended up selling a membership to somebody who didn't know, she didn't know how she was gonna pay rent that month, but she wanted it in so bad. And that was insane to me. I was like, oh my God, this woman cannot pay her rent next month, is borderline talking about getting a second job and wants in. This is amazing. And not from a ego perspective, but from a wow, there's a real need for this. That you're selling to somebody who physically cannot have what you're giving them, but they want it so bad. And that to me was like, oh my god, there's a real need here.
0: This is insane. I just like I literally just saw you hosting these all over the world. (laughs) I legit just saw it. I totally just saw it and so real, you're definitely gonna do it. Like because you people want genuine conversation. They they need for it, and the minute that they capture you doing that, it's like you get like sucked it. And then you hear about how their dog died when they were seven so (laughs) real story
1: people want to be heard but more importantly people just want to be understood and there's not a lot of places especially online or even in person that you can go to to have raw conversations there's so many conversations that that i have with quote strangers that i could never have with my dad or with my mom or my sister so Creating a space where you walk into a space where everyone is super vulnerable right from the get go because there's no questions like, what do you do? Puts everyone on the same playing field. Very rarely do we even talk about what someone does for a living or what their title is. If it comes up, great, but it's always secondary. It's Mm -hmm. like 80% of the night is personal, maybe 20% touches on the professional. And the amount of relationships and connections I've seen formed outside of one of my events, so so-and-so comes to dinner. They hit it off with somebody. Three months later, I find out they ended up doing business together. That, to me, is... That's music to my ears. And there's people have gone on dates after one of my dinners. It's so funny. Um, I just love hanging out with really cool people, regardless of what they do. So if they can be a friend of mine, then I welcome them.
0: No, definitely. You're you're like a big house. Like Just come on over and, and have a couple of drinks and some good food. I find that food is is crucial to like anything.
1: Especially not just food, but there's something to be said about having family-style meals. So everyone is sharing. Everyone's kind of somewhat picking off the same plate. You're passing plates around a big table that's like family-style. There's wine. There's camaraderie. There's vulnerability. I've had two dinners in three years where there have not been tears. And that's not to say from an ego standpoint at all. Mm -hmm. It's that we are lacking human connection today. And we need to talk about the stuff that literally keeps us up at night. And there's not a lot of places you can share that stuff with a group of people. You would never have those conversations with your friends. Um, the things that keep you up at night. I've got you know six of my best friends barely know what Jube is. And they're like, they're like my brothers, right? Mm-hmm. We're amazing friends, we're all, we all met in Newfoundland. They're gonna be my friends for life. I don't know if they'll ever fully understand what Jube is or what Jube means. Mm-hmm. And that's okay like they serve a different part of my life which I also need I need that camaraderie with people that were my childhood friends I don't need everyone to be a business contact but I kind of I don't know why I said that but I felt compelled to say this
0: no well you know what it's funny that you touched upon that because you probably got the no but it's so true I have my day ones I call them my day ones people that I've grown up with we grew up very much the same way um And now, as I'm like moving into this space that I'm in right now, this entrepreneur space, it's not that I'm leaving them behind. I love them forever and ever. However, my vision now doesn't match theirs. It doesn't mean that we can't kick it yep. and hang out. But, yep. you know, advice from Hannah, the brand, not a lot of people understand it. So you feel sometimes guilt because you kind of want to bring them with you. But there isn't a place for them where you're going right now. But that doesn't mean you can't talk to them. Mm-hmm. And that's totally okay. And I I'm glad you said it because a lot of people need to hear that because they you'll get the oh what, you're too famous or you don't want to call anybody back. No, I'm working. Like yeah. you know what I mean? I'm out here, I'm trying to do something and whatever you're doing, it's cool and I support it, but we may not always be on the same playing field and that's Gucci. Like, that's okay. That's okay, and you don't need to be that. You don't need to be and how boring would it be to be the same person you were when you were six? Mm-hmm. Like Britney Spears, Christina Berry. Like, you know, hanging out on on the corner. Like, it just doesn't make any sense for you to do that anymore. So thank you for sharing that. And you actually touched upon a really cool point earlier that the first person that you talked to actually supported your idea. Did you have any mentors when you were like planning your dinners, even now today? I know that changes from time to time. So...
1: So when I first started, I actually read a book called Mastermind Dinners from a entrepreneur in Ontario. He actually lives in Waterloo at the moment. I believe he still lives there. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but his name is Jason Gaynard and he wrote a book called Mastermind Dinners that was all about bringing people together over food and facilitating that connection. So he didn't know it at the time, but virtually he was my mentor. So even though I lived in Newfoundland and he was in Ontario. Every dinner that I took, I tweeted him a photo after the dinner of, hey, I just did another dinner, these were the attendees, it was amazing, thank you for writing that book. And for six months, every single dinner I wrote, or every single dinner I I held, I sent Jason a photo on Twitter, and virtually we started to build a relationship, we started conversating with each other. When I was moving to Toronto, I took him out to lunch as a thank you. So we built a good relationship by me just reading his book and not just reading it, but implementing it and then not just implementing it but turning it into into, into a business. So he was like, whoa like this guy's kind of cool and like he read my book cool he implemented it cool He turned it into a freaking business. How cool is that So me and him built a really good relationship from that. secondly, I would I kind of have two answers to this mentorship question so outside of Jason, I think books have been major mentors of mine. I read a lot and There's a difference between reading and again reading and and implementing Mm -hmm. so i think that every book that i've read good or bad there's been one lesson that i've been able to take away and adapt and grow from it and thirdly i would say the people that i actually hang out with are all mentors in some capacity my girlfriend my parents my sister the people that i serve in my community everybody that i meet at one of my dinners or events everybody has something to give you just need to ask the right questions for you to get it out of them. Because if I just asked you, Hannah, what do you do? And you gave me an answer to that, I was like, okay, cool, but that doesn't really serve me. I'd rather get to know the real Hannah outside of the business and outside of the title and take away a lesson. It doesn't even need to be a business lesson. It could be a life lesson. Those are way more important anyways. Because if you have a solid foundation of life lessons, business is just a byproduct of everything else. So I find that there's mentors everywhere. You just gotta be open to looking for them.
0: Open and ready to ask when the time is right I find that sometimes you feel shy and you don't want to ask somebody a question but it's just the delivery you wait for that right moment and bang you strike but it's like a patience game Mm -hmm. talk to me about the patience that you need to have when you're building relationships because I talk about it all the time but I feel like they're tired of hearing me
1: (laughs) so I'm (laughs) those that can't I mean I guess nobody can see me right now but I'm shaking my head because relationships cannot be sped up they take time relationships like anything else in your life are an investment and like going to the gym it's like the amount of reps you put in the stronger that muscle gets same thing goes with relationships you're not going to have a five-year relationship with somebody and after the first interaction it takes mutual interest being genuine with one another having that open rawness having value both ways not just one way being there for that person being able to rely on them being able to give them value and then you'll notice that that's how relationships form right it's not An overnight thing it doesn't happen after a business deal or a business card but we live in such a world where everything is is hyperspeed and we also expect relationships to be hyperspeed but it's like people are you know like trying to close on the first date like it takes time it takes time and I'll I'll probably stop that one there (laughs) it
0: takes time and it takes patience okay everyone so I love that you touched upon relationships and the mentorships with the books Books are your best friends. It is there before TV. It was there before radio in every different form. So please read your books. I am somebody that starts a book, leaves it halfway, starts another one. And then when I come back to it, I'm like, ah, now you make sense. So
1: The other thing is, is you're allowed to stop reading a book if it doesn't serve you. When I first started reading books, I thought I had to finish every single book. And that took me forever. Now I start a book and if it's not serving me, I just put it back on the shelf or I bring it back or whatever that looks like. And also, I'm trying to get better at this next thing that I'm about to say, but I'm trying to read books that solve a problem that I'm having today. And not just reading a book for the sake of it to take away lessons, because there's so much content in the world. You have to be super selective as to what you allow to come into your brain. And I'm not amazing at this yet by any means, but I am trying to get better at only absorbing content that relates to a current problem I have, life or business, personal or business.
0: That is the biggest gem you've just dropped because so many of us focus on finishing something when you don't really have to. Who says you have to finish a book? Like You've paid the author their money, they've made their money, so they're not gonna be upset if you don't finish reading their book. The only book I've read Thus far, and I couldn't put it down, was the Michelle Obama book.
1: Becoming? Becoming.
0: Amazing book. Amazing. And that's to say to somebody that can't finish a book, but she kept it super real. And I literally, I feel like we're friends.
1: (laughs) That's when you know you have a good author, too. It's when the book is speaking to you, every page, you're glued to it. You don't want to put it down. You don't want to finish it. And then you actually brag about it. I mean, in the way of promoting it. So when you naturally promote a book like that, I think going back to what, something you just said as well, is like, yeah, you don't have to finish the book. A lot of people don't take into account the opportunity cost of their time because they feel like, hey, I've already started this. I got to finish it. No, because if you cut that book halfway, imagine what, imagine the time you're saving, number one, and what else you could be doing with that time. So just because you start something, uh, I think Ariana Huffington says the best way to finish a project is to drop it. And that's for anything in your life, whether it's a book, whether it's a project, whether it's an initiative at work, whether it's uh, an idea that you have for your business, if it's not going in the direction that you want it to, you don't always have to see it through.
0: You don't and I find that so many of us, especially like the millennials, we we get a bad rap of always starting something and wanting to finish it and like we want six months contracts, we do freelancing work because we don't have to finish something if we don't want to and you're seen as a rebel you're seen as a rebel or you don't have like mm. any morals or, or you can't stick to something but no life is too short we get 24 hours in a day why am I doing something that I don't like it, it shouldn't be like a decision it should just be something that okay well this is not working right now we need to stop and I feel like that conversation needs to be had more often because so many of us get stuck in jobs uh you know masters doctor degrees whatever the case may be formal education non-formal education if you don't like it get up and leave because the worst thing is you know time spent badly i was going to say it in spanish but time spent badly is like the worst thing ever like it just gets me like it gets me hot like it gets so, me so upset.
1: it's funny because we're talking about books right now but how many people do that with their careers
0: oh like,
1: guilty as charged you know this <laughs> this is the year i leave and then it's a year later no this is the year i leave and and do my own thing. This is the year, this is the year. You snap your fingers and it's been five years, six years, seven years in a job. And then you're like, you know what? I don't believe in myself enough. Let me just find a better job. And then that's good for six months. And then you get a better job and that's good for six months. And then you're always waiting for this perfect moment. And there is honestly, I, I don't like cliches period, but like there is no perfect moment. It's like, you just need to believe in yourself and be willing to give it your all because if you don't stand for it, yeah, it's going to fail. But if you believe in it, if you wake up every morning and you physically jump out of bed because you're so excited, you can't contain yourself, that's when you know that you're following not just your passion because everyone has passions, but you're mm-hmm. following like your calling. So have you ever heard of the word ikigai?
0: Yes. I actually have homework about that.
1: My f- <laughs> One of my favorite books of all time is called The Happiness Equation by Neil Prashika, I believe he's actually... A professor in Toronto. And in the book, he deep dives into happiness and some key principles around happiness and longevity. And he studies, he found that Okinawa, Japan is a blue zone city. And a blue zone city has higher rates of happiness, lower rates of depression, lower deaths. On average, people in Okinawa, Japan live longer, they live like seven years longer than North Americans. And they have the one of the highest rates, and I always butcher this word, centenarians, so people that are 100 plus years old. They have the highest rate of people that are over 100 years old in that city, and they dove into what makes that culture so different. And it's not necessarily the diet or the climate or the economic standpoint. It's actually that in the Okinawan culture, there's no word or term to describe retirement. And what they call an ikigai, is their purpose, it's their calling. So you have people that are 107 years old that are fishermen, 103 year old nurses, 102 year old farmers who wake up in the morning, they know what they have to do because they've been called on a very deep level to do that to fulfill their life purpose. And we look at retirement here as like the golden age of like 55 or 65, whatever that number is. And right away we regress our brain power, we increase our chances of Alzheimer's the moment you stop using your brain, it's like any muscle, right? It's like, if you don't use that muscle, it's just gonna regress. And there's been studies shown that as people retire, and they, they actually lose brain activity because they're not, they're just not flexing that muscle anymore. So the icky guy don't have a word for retirement. Um, and they don't have a, it's just not even in their culture. So I would encourage everyone to find their icky guy mm-hmm. and stop saying, this is the year, or like 2019 is my year. 2020 is my year because I also did that Mm -hmm. for a long time and if I was to look back now at what I know now, it's, yeah, life's too short and the older you get, it's unfortunate but you start to see so many health problems with friends or family and then it really hits you like how life, how short life truly can be and you always think it's never going to happen to me, it's never going to happen to me, then you just start to grow as a person and you realize that, man, I only have a certain amount of time on this planet And if I'm truly not happy, I'm the only one suffering.
0: You bring your own suffering. I'm a true believer in that, Um, especially with like the non-retirement. I was actually talking to myself. I talk to Hannah all the time. And so it's so true. And somebody was talking to me like, oh, what age do you want to retire? When do you want to retire, this and that? And I said, well, I don't want to retire. I just want to do dope shit. That i like forever like it's not a retirement and i feel the same way about a vacation and how some people wait for their 10 days vacation that they give you a corporate job i don't you know it's not something that like makes me happy yes i miss my family and yes i want to see them because they live overseas and that's my like safe place i guess to go see them but i can come home at any minute because this is the life that i'm living right now and this is the one that i wanted to be a vacation every single day sounds stupid and cliche but i feel that's how everybody should live. Like, not waiting for the rat race. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, today on my job, um, they let go 50 people. Wow. This morning. And there was people that worked there for 17 years. And I, Are you kidding me? I, I'm at year three and I'm like hot flashes right now. Like, I'm just like, okay, what am I gonna do? Let's go. Like, you know, and I'm already thinking of things to do, but this morning it was very real, very in my face, how so many people, like, they feel like their life ends. Because they're no longer working or they're no longer doing anything, and they wait for retirement. My grandma's eighty-three, dude. Fire, mm. brain is way better than mine. She reads, like she wakes up at four thirty. She meditates. She reads. She does stretches. Like she is just like I, I'm. Home and I was sitting. She's like, "What's wrong with you, young girl? Thirty, you're tired." I'm like, "Okay, I'm tired. I'm gonna get myself together." And but you know what? It's the mindset in the thirties. Like, and she didn't have like a corporate job but she does everything all day every day and she doesn't sit so that goes to say to something for I don't want to say the word wrong what is it in Japan ikigai there we go
1: yeah it's um, and even if you have a nine-to-five job there's nothing that honestly keeps you safe you know like just because you have a job does not mean you can't get let go today or tomorrow there's absolutely nothing even if it's in your contract okay you'll get severance cool but you're still tied to an income that you're depending on for various reasons and I don't know maybe start a side hustle start monetizing that get it to a point where you feel comfortable be willing to give up a lot to gain so much more in the end right but the moment you get my friend Drasco says this really cool thing he says that the most dangerous position you can be in in life is when you're like six or seven out of ten And what I mean by that is like six or seven out of 10, you're living a very comfortable lifestyle. Things aren't bad, so they're not like between zero and five. Mm. Things are not amazing, they're not really between like seven and 10. They're just nice, easy status quo, six or seven out of 10. And that's where the danger is because you get caught in this comfort, you have a paycheck coming in, you know you have your three to five weeks a year, you know you have this retirement package at work, and you know that promotion's coming up next year, You've already booked a travel, so now you gotta stay. Then you have a kid, okay. Well now you gotta stay. Oh, let's get a better car, okay. Now you gotta stay. Oh, let's move, okay, now you gotta stay. There's all these things that are tying you to this comfort zone paycheck. And the younger you are in life, typically the less responsibilities you have upon you. So there's no good time or the right time to take that risk. And like don't be one of those people that wakes up one day with a family in a business or they find themselves in a job that they dread going every morning but then they feel tied to because, hey, I should have did this 30 years ago. Like, There's no there's no right moment for any of this.
0: No, you just have to jump and take the leap of faith Like, and people are going to make fun of you. Some people, are, they're not going to believe it. But at the end of it all, if you're, I say this to everyone, you sleep next to yourself every day. So you have to be happy with the decisions you make in order for everything else around you to be good. I'm a firm believer in that. If Hannah's happy, everybody's happy. If I'm miserable, everybody's miserable. So it's it's you. You have to care about you, baby. And like you're the number one person in your life. But so many people, they, they were, okay, well, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to wait for this. And I was somebody who waited around for five years to get promoted at a place. And I trained somebody so well, and they got promoted. Mm-hmm. And I did it. So that was like a bitter drink I had to take for myself, and I learned. And now I'm in the midst of I have my five, but I have a hustle that I really enjoy. So I'm comfortable, but I'm shaking things up again. So in the constant motion of not getting comfortable because comfort is like that to me.
1: <laughs> you wanna know what one of my favorite questions in the world is? And I'm gonna get closer to the mic because if someone's at the gym right now or if someone's driving their car, this is the part I want them to hear. There's nobody that you have more conversations with throughout the day than yourself. What conversations are you having the most? And when you think about that question for a moment, you're going to notice that the problem that you wake up with today is likely the exact same problem that you woke up with yesterday and last week and last month, but you haven't done anything to address that problem. So if you get stuck in the 6 or 7 out of 10, and you know every, every night you're going to bed saying, oh my God, it's Monday tomorrow. And then Thursday night you're like, oh, thank God, it's Friday tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You're living that life that everyone is trying to escape. It's you wake up and you're dreading four out of the five days in the week, your work week, and you're looking forward to Friday. So what kind of life is that? Where every Monday, one seventh of your life is a Monday. And you're gonna say, oh my God, I hate this day. One seventh of your life is insane. Half the time, well, a third of the the time you're asleep. A third of the time you're in a job that is dreadful. And then a third, you get to enjoy doing it, whatever you want to do with your friends or leisurely activities but there's not a lot of time in a day. And if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, the only person that can take ownership of that is you.
0: Woo! Say no, it again, say it again.
1: No, I, you know, I, I could harp on this forever is, we are so good at blaming others. We're so good at thinking people are lucky. We're so good at people at thinking that somebody got the, the right cards in life or the right genetics or the right amount of financial backing. But people take risks and they get rewarded sometimes for those risks and if you're one of these people that are comparing your life to somebody else's because, hey look, look at their social media, their, their life's amazing or this person is an entrepreneur that gets to travel around the world, you can have it too, you just need to be willing to work for it. And if you're not willing to work for it, you have zero right to judge anyone who took that risk and took that leap of faith and is now doing it.
0: Do it. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to add to that statement, especially the lucky that you're. Oh, I get that all. I'm like, do you know how hard I work? Oh my God, don't call me lucky. I'm like, if I were lucky, I'd be in Bali right now on a beach, not moving a finger, and earning a billion dollars every three minutes. Like that to me is lucky. That's what I would consider lucky. But right now, you're you're grinding and you're doing something. You can't compare your day your day zero to somebody's day five hundred.
1: Which I've been guilty of. Trust me, okay. I've been super guilty of looking at where I was in life, comparing it with people that were younger than me, that were far ahead of me. And that was a tough pill to swallow because mm-hmm. it was based around ego. And that's my own fault, right? So now every door I walk into, like, ego gets left at that door. Please. Because you can, like I said earlier, everyone is your mentor if you're willing to actually learn from them. So, like, again, there's, there's no perfect moment for any of this stuff and once you start taking extreme ownership of every single decision in your life, whether it's your diet, whether it's your exercise routine, whether it's how you show up at work, how you show up in a relationship, how you show up with your parents, how you show up on your soccer team, and you take ownership of all of that, always look for, like, what else could I have done? Or how else could I have made this better? Mm-hmm. We're very quick at blaming something else or outside external stimulus based on something that's not working in our life. We we very rarely look at ourselves and look at hey, what else could I have done? And I think the moment you start taking that ownership, you start to realize that life actually becomes way more fun because you're in full control. Mm -hmm. You just have to own it. You own the good,
0: the bad, and the ugly. And I've been somebody who's had to do that and I've had some long talks with myself. And you know what? It's not always pretty. It's not always some, some, what do I call it? Lollipops and gumdrops. (sighs) It is not always that. Those conversations are hard. But the minute that you do, you feel better about yourself. Like... For instance, I have an issue with time. I'm normally late for everything that does not include advice from Hannah. (laughs) If it's brand related, I'm 20 minutes early. If it's like my job or anything like that, like I'm like, well, whatever. But I know that whenever I show up, I work twice as hard as anybody else in the room. And I know that's my strength. But when it comes to my own thing, I'm here, I'm setting up, I'm excited and things like that. But I want to apply that to everything in my life, so and that's taking some time because you know I have to like my manager almost like had a heart attack. She saw me coming ten minutes early. She's like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "Well, no, you know I'm here and I want to show up, but when it's time to go, I'm out." Yeah. Right. So it's the give and take with with people, and this is not easy. By all means, you know these conversations are not easy, but they need to get done. They need to get done, and this is going to be another fun point. If you saw yourself when you were 20. Which was like five years ago.
1: Actually, I turn 30 next month.
0: You turn 30 next month? Yeah. I turn 30 in November and I want to cry. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to Mexico. So <laughs> nice. I'm super excited. We're going on a cruise. I've never been on
1: a cruise. I've never been on a cruise.
0: Oh, I'll tell you all about it. Please do. I'm super excited. Super, super excited. Um, But um, all my husband and my cousin, we all turned 30 this year. So that's our gifts Amazing. to ourselves. Um, besides the point, if you saw yourself 10 years ago. What would you tell yourself?
1: Ten years ago, I was just finishing university, and like a classic small-town boy, being 20 years old, I figured that I need to find the quickest, best, most lucrative 9-to-5 job that exists, because that's, quote, success. That is not success at all. What joy looks like to me today at, at almost 30 is very different than what joy looked like to me at 20 or 21. The advice I would have for my younger self or even anyone listening is everything will work out. You just need to believe in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, you've already lost that battle. So it's a very difficult conversation to have with yourself on a daily basis and ask, am I doing the right thing? Did I make a mistake? I've left jobs in the past where I've made six figures to walk away to make zero because, hey, it just felt right. I took a job earlier earlier in my career that paid me exactly double my base from the previous job and I was like oh my god they're paying me double the salary and I'm just still 24 hours a day I'm just making double overnight and I did it and I was miserable Mm. I was so miserable I did not enjoy going in Uh, it wasn't a growth oriented workplace I was one of the youngest guys there Mm. everybody was in their six or seven out of ten besides me Right, So don't fall into that 6 or 7 out of 10 is what I would say. And The the quicker you realize that and the quicker you actually act on it, you're going to notice that a whole new life opens up. You're going to find areas of your life that you never knew that you were capable of. And you're going to find extreme joy in every single day. And for anyone listening right now, if you're listening and you have a phone or a laptop for you to actually listen to this, you should be so grateful because you're so blessed to have this type of technology in your life for you to be able to listen to a podcast. So for me, joy is daily gratitude. It's saying hi to people that I don't know. It's saying yes to things I'm not ready for. It's reading a book. It's writing in my journal. It's hanging out and having conversations like this. And it's serving other people, right? You can have anything in life if you help other people get what they want in life. Just focus on that.
0: That was so pretty. You touched a nerve. You touched a nerve on me. That was like you touched a nerve. There we go. Every single guest that comes on here touches a nerve. Like, I feel like you guys are part of me forever. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna like sap like that. But now this is the point of the show that I want to give you the floor. You can talk about anything that you like. Let us know where to find you. Like, what's your next dinner? So what's going on? Like,
1: talk to us. So I think like any person, every business grows. And as you have different stages in your life, businesses also have different stages in their life. And I'm in a very amazing position right now in so many ways because again I'm just grateful for what I have today. One part of my business serves companies and conferences. So what I try to do is I try to humanize mm-hmm. quote networking for companies. So there's only so many happy hours you can go to. There's only so many times you can go bowling. There's only so many times you can you know hang out with your colleagues after work. Um, and still not get to know them, right? You, sh- you spend half the time with your employees and half the time with your family. like both of those should be aligned. So I-, I help companies with real teamwork is number one. So that's something I'm very passionate about. And secondly I host a lot of events currently in Toronto, Ontario where I'm blasting them on Instagram. Let's Jube I'm sure you'll tag me. And um, I love serving people that are growth. Mindset, And they want to grow and they feel like maybe they're in that six or seven out of 10 and they want to get to an eight or nine. Mm -hmm. That's the people I want in my life. And I strive to be the dumbest guy in the room everywhere I go. And I always welcome people into my life regardless of where they are on their scale. So I would encourage, um, if you're even remotely interested, like I love... Instagram I love email like I respond to everyone on emails like I'm not in a position where I get like 100 emails a day Um, I love getting emails and um, yeah I'm all over Instagram and I don't really have anything to pitch because I'd rather just find the right people and if they come into my life they come into my life Mm -hmm. and if I can serve them I'll tell them if I can I can't so yeah even my website is not crazy up to date because
0: I don't know I
1: just like I don't need to be like famous I just need to be famous to the right people
0: mm-hmm. that that was really beautiful I like that and the whole website thing like god I, let's not get there that's a whole other podcast All of it. So I don't even have one people ask me Hannah what's your website I'm like I'm the website you met me um, so thank you so so much for being on here you are a gem you need to come back yes whenever, whenever you want season 2 there he said yes for season 2 I did. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm committed now you're committed they're gonna verbally. start DMing you um, they're infamous for that by the way. Hey, let's do <laughs> it. So thank you so so much. This is your girl advice from Hannah with
1: Kurtina Javin. Toodles. Bye guys. Mm-hmm.